Hey all you procrastinators out there, looking for a last minute holiday present for a loved one? Well look no further. While they aren't paying attention, grab their iPhone, subscribe to the Dogs of War podcast on various platforms. It's free. And you will provide them with two seasons of all the kick-ass Browns related podcast content that anyone could ask for. Welcome back to the Friday Five, where the hosts of the Dogs of War podcast tell you all you need to know about the upcoming matchup in five minutes, give or take. I'm your host, Raleigh. It is Friday, December 28th, and the Cleveland Browns are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. If you find yourself sad or blue for whatever reason, just remind yourself of that fact. The Browns lost in a shootout against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. At 9-4, the Browns are still given an 84% chance to make the playoffs. The next two games against both the Giants and the Jets will be critical for helping the Browns make their first playoff appearance since the Eisenhower administration. More accurately, since 2002. Shout out Tim Couch. While the Browns will be welcoming back cornerback Denzel Ward with... With... From his weird calf strain injury. However, the Browns will likely be without both Andrew Sandejo and Wyatt Teller in Sunday's matchup. Say what you will about Andrew Sandejo, but the guy plays with heart and he's been putting up with shit from his own fans this entire season. He has been serviceable, and at this point, this incredibly injury-plagued Browns defense just needs bodies. Get well soon, boys. The Browns need you! We're going to go more in-depth with injuries when we speak to ex-college football player slash sports medicine doctor slash my uncle later in this segment. Quick fun fact, on Monday night's game, Baker Mayfield's Hail Mary attempt was the longest pass ever recorded by Pro Football Focus. Shout out QB1 for having an absolute cannon of an arm. Last week, Pro Football Focus made an interesting post. They put together the Dream Team offensive line by listing the highest graded players in the NFL at all of the O-line positions. Let's see if any of our beloved Brownies made the list. At right tackle, Jack Conklin boasts a grade of 84.1, meaning of all the right tackles in the NFL, Jack Conklin has the highest grade within Pro Football Focus. Nobody really knows what the Pro Football Focus numbers mean. Basically, the higher, the better, and they're science guys, so it's got to be legit. Right guard Wyatt Teller was right next to him on this dream team with a grade of 93.8. Sucks that he's probably not playing on Saturday. At center, there was an irrelevant Packers player, but left guard Joel Betonio of the Cleveland Browns scored an 86.2. Again, that is the highest grade of all left guards in the league. So according to Pro Football Focus, the Cleveland Browns have the best left and right guards in all of the NFL. That's insane. And then at uh, left tackle, the Packers had like a guy that scored a 91.7. Again, also irrelevant. So in a nutshell, Pro Football Focus basically used science to state that the Cleveland Browns have a sick offensive line. That is awesome. Shout out to Edgar Picardo for helping me find that post. May the shout out lead to all of your wildest dreams coming true. Browns confirmed. On to the Giants. This week it was announced that the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, of the New York Giants has contracted COVID-19. Best of luck, Mr. Garrett, on a speedy recovery. Who will be play calling in his place, you might ask? None other than Freddie Kitchens. Freddie is the tight ends coach of the Giants. While many Browns fans are scoffing at Freddie's questionable in-game play calling, shout out that one time he ran a draw play on 4th and 9 against the Rams last year, He is setting himself up to put a major dent in all of our hopes and dreams. Do you want more drama? Giants quarterback Daniel Jones may be sitting due to injury. His backup? Ex-Browns quarterback Colt McCoy. While Colt McCoy is a proud member of the incredibly large 
fraternity of ex-Browns quarterbacks, he has made a career as being a reliable backup on various NFL teams. It is a miracle that he survived all the hits he took while wearing brown and orange, including the notorious hit put on him by that piece of trash James Harrison of the Steelers in 2011. Jabril Peppers is another friendly face opposing the Browns on Sunday. The first-round pick drafted from the school up north was dished to the Giants in the Odell trade. The Giants started the season 0-5 and apparently made some kind of mid-season adjustments because they're a different team now. They have won five of their last eight matches, bringing them to a record of 5-8 and eight on the season. While they have virtually no chance of making it to the playoffs as a wildcard contender, they are second place in the NFC East by one game, trailing the Washington Red football team, meaning their playoff chances are still very much alive. The Giants are fighting for a playoff spot, and you can bet your ass that Kitchens, McCoy, and Peppers will be highly motivated to ruin Christmas in Cleveland on Sunday. And for the gambling addicts out there, the Cleveland Browns are 3.5 favorites. Bet accordingly. For those of you looking for the once-in-a-lifetime, incredibly rare, stress-free Browns weekend, I don't think it's going to be this Sunday. We got a lot riding, and I don't think the Giants are going to go without a fight. But thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Friday Five, presented by the Dogs of War podcast. Let's get into some medical stuff with the good doctor. Now it's time for the Browns injury analysis with my uncle doctor. We will come up with a much more marketable term for this segment down the line. So here's the facts. Wyatt Teller, our star offensive lineman, is likely not to play against the Giants on Sunday night due to a high ankle sprain that he recently occurred. It's also supposedly unrelated to the calf strain that he was suffering through earlier in the season. What do you think is going on in the minds of the coaches slash doctors? An ankle sprain, a classic ankle sprain is like when you roll your ankle, you know, you go over the top of it. You know, that's a classic ankle sprain. A high ankle sprain is when the the, the twist goes the other way. So it's different ligaments and uh, not your typical rolled ankle. And and high ankle sprains can be more uh, severe, more serious. High ankle sprains can take longer to come back. So uh, you want to be a little more cautious and careful with the high ankle sprain than your run-of-the-mill ankle sprain. So yes, it's a sprained ankle. Yes, that means a ligament, but it's a little different ligament and it can be more nagging and frustrating. So, you know, generally going to take more time coming back from a high ankle uh, than a uh, uh, routine sprained ankle. Do you think this late in the season, they're going to try to come back quicker? I mean, we're getting the feeling, we being the general population, that it's he's out this game tops. I mean, can you see these going over a month? Yeah, it can go over a month. You know, just like, you know, anything there's there's degrees of that uh we we kind of give them first second third degree uh, names on it which would be mild uh, moderate and severe so yes it's a high ankle but it, there's degrees of that too so it has to do with how much swelling it is and how much pain he's in and so forth and how loose he is so there's different ways to evaluate him but uh you know obviously the the team and the player is more anxious to kind of push through some things. I mean, you know, if you're hurt and you're playing for the Jets right now, uh, you're looking at next year. Uh, but if you're on this team and you're hurt, you're one to continue to participate because that's what these guys are all in this thing for. So uh, you tend to push it a little bit more in uh, in playoff type, te- uh, type teams than not. And uh, some teams, of course, can be cruising to the playoffs. You know, Pittsburgh could rest guys more, more uh, actively, I should say, or more uh, liberally 
because uh, they're uh, they're in the playoffs almost no matter what. So they have time to rest because the big, you know, the big thing is making the playoffs and what you do in the playoff. That's the end game. So uh, that definitely comes into play in the decision making process, both from the player side and the team side. Denzel Ward is back this week after going through his calf strain, which he's been out three games now. Uh, this will be the fourth game, which he's back. Again, this was an injury when we talked about earlier. Nobody knew he was hurt until we read about it. What are your thoughts here? Well, that's another example of, uh, you know, wanting to be extra cautious. You had some time. This is one of your star players. Let's make sure we get him fully healed up. And again, you know, you you and I were talking earlier. Some guys uh, have a calf sprain and it, and it doesn't affect their performance at all. And other guys have a calf sprain and uh, they, they have a harder time playing through it. So, and that doesn't make him good or bad or a tough guy. Just guys are wired differently. So he had a calf strain. It wasn't didn't appear to be severe, severe. They gave it plenty of time so that he and the team can feel comfortable. You know, now looking back, it's not so painful because we got him. He should be fully healed up. He should be fully 100%. We got him for the next, uh, you know, the rest of the season in the playoffs. So that, uh, that move, resting him extra long, looks like it's going to work out and pay off. So on to the next guy, Andrew Sandejo laid a hit on J.K. Dobbins and was kind of laid out. He is going through the concussion protocol. He hasn't been ruled out officially for Sunday, but he hasn't been practicing. What does the concussion protocol even look like? Or what are doctors looking for? Are they just flashing their fingers in front of these guys' eyes? Or what's what's the SOP? Well, you know, that's the way it used to be. I mean, if you, uh, if you if somebody got dinged in the head and – and they, they knew who they were playing and they knew what uh, uh, what the score was and they could count backwards uh, from 10 to 1, you know, they go back in. Uh, that's the way it used to be. <laughs> you know where you're at. You know what your name is. You know what the score is. You know where you're playing. Count backwards by 10. And if you're good to go, you know, if you're, you could pass that, you're in. Uh, but obviously now things have changed and uh, there, are, there are protocols uh uh, and, and again, there's severity of concussions, just like there's severity of ankle sprains. You don't get knocked out cold. That's a really bad concussion. You get dinged a little bit and you don't think much about it. But uh, after the game, you got a headache. You know, that's that's a little different. If you lose your memory, don't know where you're at. That's, you know, you know so they're all degrees of that, too. So depending on those degrees, they put you into a certain slot and see how you are the next day. So you, you have no contact and, and you should have no headache if you have no headache. Uh, then you progress to the next level, and which is some light exercise. And if you no no headache after light exercise, then you do heavy exercise. Heavy exercise, and no headache or no symptoms, uh, and no uh, you know like uh, 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 starry vision or uh, headaches and uh, nausea or things like that. And then you then you progress. So uh, that's the kind of protocol. And they also have uh, they used to have anyway. And I think they still do. You know, preseason these guys take a test. And they give you a series of questions and like give you 10 things. And they say in a row, like uh, uh, peppermint newspaper, uh, California, uh, uh, baseball, you know, whatever. And then they say, them, and then you got to give you 10 of them. You got to say them back. And uh, then they give you sets of like, say, five or six different varieties of that. Some with five names, some with 10, you know, and you have a baseline, a score that you have. And that's uh, that's non-injured. And then they, you get injured and they give it to you again. And they have something to compare it to to see what your cognition is. It's uh, uh, a big word for you guys. What your <laughs> cognition is uh, 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 before, you know, normal and then uh, post-injury. So 
those are the kind of things in the testing that they're looking for to see if these guys can progress and hopefully come back safely. All right. Thanks again for coming on. Let's go Browns. Go Brownies.